Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. All right, here we are, folks. Preseason getting ready to get underway on Friday night at Little Caesars Arena. It is the Pistons Pod. We welcome you in uh, right here on Pistons.com or wherever you find your podcast. Matt Derry with you. My goodness, uh, training camp in full bore now. And, and again, the Pistons will host the New York Knicks for games Friday and Sunday at 7 o'clock each and then go to Washington next week to take a look at the new, uh, new look, Wizards, Thursday and Saturday, and then we got the regular season kicking off as the Pistons get it going for real coming up on December 22nd. Amazing to think, or excuse me, December 23rd, not too far away in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Very exciting stuff. Certainly the young team get ready. And our guest today joins me now, senior writer from Yahoo Sports back in Detroit and Michigan where he belongs, uh, the great Vincent Goodwill giving us some time today. What's up, Vinny? Hey, Diesel. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, bud. Uh, you know, there is a buzz about this basketball team in Detroit, and and certainly you and I always joke about the Lions and everybody else and all these other teams. But here's a young Pistons team, Troy Weaver, uh, just uh, bulldozing the roster. What are your thoughts as we get ready for a little preseason action tomorrow? I think it's a pleasant surprise, wouldn't you say? Yeah. About, you yeah. know, after all these years of um, sort of treading water, trying to figure out, hey, if things break right, if you know, this guy stays healthy. If that guy stays healthy, then maybe we can, you know, sit here in the playoff spot type of thing. And now you're you're trying to start a, a foundation of something different. And I think it's refreshing. Uh, I know a lot of people had questions about the draft, about the quality of it. I certainly did. But I like the spirit of what Trey Weaver did, the activity, uh, the creativity of it. Uh, if not just boding well for right now, I just like the spirit of how it is going to be moving forward. Um, so for Piston fans looking, you know, looking for for the next couple of seasons, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of roster turnover. You know, I don't think this is going to be something where you're just going to be looking at this roster and you're going to just watch it get stale. I think you're going to see a lot of activity and a lot of movement. I think that should be pretty exciting. What move was your favorite? What move kind of got your attention that, that Troy kind of pulled off over these last few weeks? You know what? Honestly, I would say, and this is going to sound crazy, I like Jeremy Grant. I liked the fact that this is a guy that played on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals, and he knew that coming on the back end was going to be Michael Porter Jr. and everybody else taking those steps, and he wanted to expand his game, which means, A, that he's a worker, and, B, he's ambitious. And if there's anything that you need in this sort of setting, you need self-motivated guys. You need competitive guys, like what the, you know, how he plays alongside Blake Griffin, you know, you know, or in lieu of Blake Griffin, whatever the case may be. You're talking about a guy that's improved incrementally every year since he's been in the league, uh, and I also know that he's a, you know, Syracuse guy, so I'm Sure, that is pretty. Um, oh, I love know, it. Near, near and dear to your heart as sure, well. Sure, sure. And but 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 all seriousness, Troy Weaver has those relationships, and yes. so many people around the league like this guy. And so you know, some people say, "Why would Jeremy Grant leave Denver to come to Detroit?" And certainly, financial things come into play first and foremost. But there is that relationship factor there, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think. Unless you're one of let's say three markets, right? Unless you're like Miami 
or the Lakers, or maybe another team here or there. I won't even say like the Knicks or, or the Nets. But unless you're one of the glamour franchises that have something extremely, you know, competitive to offer in ways that other ones do not, then you're going to have to rely on relationships in this league. Not necessarily just with the players, but relationships across the board with agents, with other executives to get deals done, to get on the phone. Like, that's the whole thing about to me about the creativity is that, hey, there isn't a person that Troy Weaver can't get on the phone with. And although it sounds really, really simplistic, Matt, not every executive in the league has those, <clears throat> has those relationships to where they can literally talk to anybody. They can walk into any room, you know, whether it's, you know, a Zoom room, whether it's on the floor when you see a lot of executives talking to each other before the game. Those are the, the groundworks of when deals are made. And I think having somebody that has those relationships who's respected and coming from that Oklahoma City tree and also coming from the recruiting game. Like this guy is a recruiter at heart. And to me, being able to see guys at a young age and being able to project what their development is going to be, to me, that is going to be like the, the bloodline of what Pistons basketball is going to have to look like over the next three or four years. Vinny Goodwill with us. Of course, covered the Pistons for years for the Detroit News, now senior writer for the NBA for Yahoo Sports. What about uh, the, this notion that the team's just more athletic. There's just more speed on the floor and and that this team was sort of a half-court team the last few years and certainly had Andre Drummond anchoring things in the middle. But but now it seems like they Dwayne Casey can push the basketball a little bit. I think the more ways you can score, Matt, in this league today with, you know, with the rules being as such and the league just being more athletic, you know, for a few years it was a big man's league. And then for a few years, it became like this point guards league. Now it was more of a league of wings, where if you look at maybe the top three or four players in the game, you know, with the exception of maybe Anthony Davis, the top three or four to five players in the league play those two, three, three, four, you know, positions where you can score in a variety of ways. You can play inside, outside, and more importantly, you can get out in the open floor and you can press the tempo. And I think, especially if you're young, being able to get out and use those fresh legs, especially not having just to sit in the half court and methodically, you know, go through, you know, three, four, five options, you know, on any given set, especially when you have a rookie point guard and you want to give him easier opportunities, you know, to gain it, you know, to get his boost his confidence and everything else. Like to me, that that is something that is a boost for this team, especially as you're trying to get to know each other. If you can get out, like to me, half-court execution is about teams that know each other. That's about veteran teams. That's about guys who know how to play with each other. That's about continuity. If you don't have that and you're a little bit on the younger side, then you got to manufacture other ways to score. And to me, getting out on the break, the semi-break, forcing turnovers, things like that, that's going to give you in a position to steal a few games early in the schedule that maybe you shouldn't win. What are your thoughts on the the, this, the veteran group here uh, with you know, the two guys, Blake Griffin and, and Derek Rose, and their fit with a young team that's sort of in a rebuild. What, what do you think of that? I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And one of, the, one of the things that you always have to wonder about with older guys, younger guys, is the threat of 
either a competition being replaced or b just this general general generational resentment and we've seen that in some cases through the league's history and everything else one thing about a guy like blake griffin although he's extremely competitive i think he's really secure in who he is and where he's been in his career and the fact that simply hey i'm trying to come back and get back to where I was. I think that sort of lead by example thing is going to help some of these young players who don't necessarily know how to work. Like, I think he'll be a great influence on a guy like, you know, say Dumboya, who had a couple of good weeks last year and then sort of tailed off a little bit before the league, uh, you know, shut down in March. Like, being able to have a sustained you know, success and not being able to just live off of those sparks. I think that's that's critical. And then in a guy like Derrick Gross, who's been, you know, of course, a former MVP and had everything else happen to him. And now that he's really in a spot where he's extremely secure, that he can take a guy like that under his, take a guy like Killian Hayes under his wing, give him everything and not feel like, hey, I have to show this young guy, you know, what this is. And I have to sort of, you know, you know, suppress his own individual development like that you won't have any of that hopefully these two sort of ideals work together where you got the veteran guys still being competitive enough to want to be headliners but still the younger guys being able to push them and be pushed and i think if nothing else you're going to have like a competitive training camp so you know even though this whole thing is sort of being rushed along but i think you'll have a competitive competitive practices competitive games within the games and having multiple guys that can play on a given night i think that helps younger teams at least in the standpoint of diesel that if you're playing well you'll continue to play and that's no greater incentive for young players to continue their development is the reward of playing time Oh, I don't think there's any question, and I think you've got to give Derrick Rose a lot of credit. Boy, he has embraced this this uh, mentorship role with yeah. Killian Hayes. I love the Dwayne Casey, and I want to ask you this. Dwayne Casey said, I'm giving the rookie the opportunity right away to be the starter, which some coaches wouldn't do. I, I think that's great. I think that's huge. I think it's almost like, remember the NFL where you would draft a quarterback <laughs> and he would have to sit for a year yeah. or two years or something. And then he, just because he's so young, you don't want to throw him out there. You don't want, uh, what's, what was the car kid? Uh, was not, not Derek Carr, David, David Carr. David Carr, yeah. David Carr got knocked around and it, it really, you know, messed up his confidence and everything else. And that became this cautionary tale. And I think in the NBA that used to be the case where, you know, well, we'll just bring them along slowly and everything else. But now, look, the floor is spread. You can't touch anybody. The league is much younger if you think about, like, these aren't the, you know, older, you know, veteran teams where you got multiple 30-year-olds. Like, a young veteran is now 23 (laughs) compared to, you know, what it used to be in generations past. So, I think the fact that Dwayne is willing to give this guy the keys and he's being supported and he's being, and Dwayne is being supportive of the experience that Killian is coming to the league with. And he's not necessarily saying, Hey, your international experience didn't matter. You're going to have to earn it here. And whenever you make your first mistake, you're going to come and sit on the bench with me. Like, I don't necessarily like that hand holding thing. I like, look, there is no better experience than experience. There's no better way to look at it. Let's let's have him have a six or seven turnover game and watch him struggle and grind his way through it and then learn the next day in film or have Derrick Rose walk him through some things in the meantime. I like that because the quicker you find that out, the quicker you can say, hey, this is our point guard of the future or we've got to make a decision to go somewhere else. 
Vincent Goodwill well, with me, Yahoo Sports, senior NBA writer. Pistons get ready for preseason game number one, a back-to-back, at least Friday, Sunday, home uh, uh, against the New York Knicks um, coming up this weekend at Little Caesars Arena Friday and Sunday at 7 o'clock. Games you can see on Fox Sports Detroit and here on the home of the Pistons, radio-wise, 97-1, uh, the ticket. All right, Vince, um, what else stands out? You know, we talked about Griffin, we talked about Rose, and certainly Killian Hayes. Uh, you know, Svee may get the start. He could be a guy that is a sharpshooter. They've added so many pieces. And, of course, I love Troy Weaver. And you you and I were on the Zoom call last week when Troy Weaver said, yeah, keep bashing me about loving bigs and collecting bigs. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, there's so many ways to uh, to spin this thing right now. Absolutely. Here's the crazy thing. I like the fact that Troy Weaver knows what's being said. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, not necessarily from the Twitterverse and everything else, but you keep you keep your ear enough to the ground to know exactly, you know, what's being around you or not. You don't have rabbit ears. You know what I mean? Like, you can address those things head on. Like, the fact that, you know, a guy like Josh Jackson, like, you got a, you got a few guys that you're taking some flyers on, Jalil Okafor, Josh Jackson, like guys who are talented high-level lottery picks to me i think that speaks to Troy's background of being a high-level recruiter and thinking of these guys as being you know elite sort of talents hey even if they're not going to live up to where they were in the draft at least i can give them you know the jump start okay this guy's talented let's see where we can go from there maybe he can help us and develop in the meantime so many so many opportunities so many times we've seen in, even in this franchise's history where something didn't work out in the guidance first stop or second stop and he came here and it was the right time in his career the right time in his life the right time for the franchise for a guy to blossom so Although you can't necessarily use history as a guide all the time, I think having a guy like Josh Jackson who coming into that draft, I thought he was the most talented guy in the draft that year. And and it hasn't necessarily played out that way, you know, the start in Phoenix and then getting sent down and everything else. But I like the fact that, you know, as, as long as people can keep everything in line and focus on basketball, to me, Matt, there's no downside to it. No, and it's and it's about fit too, and about culture, isn't it? If you put Jalil Okafor maybe in in a place right now, you know, let's say Houston, they're having the James Harden situation in issues right now, and a rookie coach that might not work. But you you hand him off to Dwayne Casey, and I think Dwayne will. Dwayne's a great steward for guys like that. Absolutely, and I think Matt, when you when you look at when you look at all the when you look at a guy like Dwayne Casey, and he has the history of player development, and this is also. A coach who, you know, has a chip on his shoulder too, still, I believe, from that Toronto situation. So you get everybody that's sort of individually and collectively, you know, motivated to do something. Not a lot of people are picking the Pistons to do, you know, to quote unquote do well this year. And the Eastern Conference is a lot better at the top when you consider maybe the top six or seven teams, you know, at least four or five of them have legit aspirations to make the finals. That's going to at least make you have to bring it every night and Dwayne Case is not a guy that's just going to step someone and say hey look we just going to be we just going to be taking these L's you know he's not <laughs> a guy that's just going that's going to say hey we're yeah. going to take it on the chin tonight like he's going to challenge his guys and I like coaches who can challenge their players and do it respectfully and expect them to live up 
to the bar that he is setting. And and I think there's going to be some internal accountability within the locker room with guys like Derrick Rose, who's a little more vocal than you think, and a guy like Blake Griffin, who wants to be back in sort of that, you know, top echelon conversation and prove to people that this injury and this recent injury hasn't gotten them down. So I think there's a lot of intriguing storylines in addition to just this season in itself, you know, assuming it goes off without a hitch, assuming that nobody gets seriously ill or anything like that, like these, I think we have to, you know, we have to say that, you know, with everything going around. But assuming all those things happen, I think there's a lot of individual challenges that this team can embrace uh, on this 72 game journey. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing how the teams and the league handle the COVID situation. There's travel. This is not a bubble right now. And uh, how how you know disciplined will these players and staff members be in terms of, all right, we're going to the hotel and the arena, and, and that is it. All right, Vince, when you look at the East, where do you have Detroit? Certainly, I don't think anybody expects you know the team to make the playoffs this year. Troy Weaver's not going to rule anything out, and neither is Dwayne Casey. I think the roster is a lot more fun and, and, and certainly intriguing, but how do you kind of handicap the Eastern Conference right now? I, I, I see the Eastern Conference assuming – and this is a big assumption. <laughs> Assuming Kevin Durant is healthy and Kyrie Irving is sane. <laughs> All right, so so that. one of the two will happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say Brooklyn would be, uh, to me, at the top, at least in terms of the regular season. Brooklyn and Miami, I think, you know, and, and even I don't think Milwaukee will be as potent as a regular season team because I think they have so many other issues uh, going on as far as, you know, with Giannis and how all that's going to play out. I would think that they would try to tailor their game to be more of a playoff-like team as opposed to a team that wants to blow you out, you know, every night. And then we saw how that happens the last two years where, you know, they, they go from being Tarzan in the regular season to playing like Jane in the playoffs. And I think they have to change that up a little bit. Philadelphia, I, I won't say I'm a believer in. I, I'm just curious how all those pieces fit when you got Maury there. I do think that that's where James Harden will eventually wind up. But until that happens, I see them being a step below Miami and Milwaukee and potentially Brooklyn. So, and, and after that, you know, you have your Indianas, you have your Chicago's, you have some of those other teams that are looking to sort of break through. I can see the Pistons, you know, in the best case scenario, if everything breaks right, if everybody's healthy, maybe you wind up in one of those play-in scenarios. I, I think that would be a bit ambitious to expect of this roster right now. And if it happened, you are, you know, maybe a year or so ahead of development. But I, I would say if everything broke right, that's what it would be. But I wouldn't say it, you should expect that at this stage of this franchise's development right now. So you think James Harden could end up in Philly? You have to feel for a guy like Steven Silas getting an opportunity uh, to be a head coach in the league and, uh, and, and dealing with this right now down in Houston. Hey, look, I, I, these are, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm not sure if you were in the palace on this particular day, but when Paul Silas, Stephen Silas's dad, yeah. sent Eric Snow from the bench, when he was coaching the Cavs, he sent Eric Snow from the bench to the locker room because they got into it uh, on the sidelines. I want to say maybe it was a TNT game, and I'm sure – it was certainly a uh, – I think LeBron had been there at this point and everything else. But it was one of those things where this guy isn't taking anything, and that's his dad. 
Yeah. And you think that James Harden is going to run over Steven Silas, a guy who has waited so long to become a head coach, and he's going to let James Harden just completely sabotage whatever he's got going? Are you out of your mind? Not you, but are people <laughs> out of their minds? Like, this? that is not how this is going to work. It's crazy, though, because I think the league is so entertaining. There's so many stars. There's so many storylines. But yet, it seems like before every season, there's... There's something. There's a player unhappy. There's somebody not reporting. There's somebody that's probably going to get traded or is has asked out. Uh, the the soap opera is it, it's it's one heck of a it's one heck of a soap opera. It really is. It, it is. But and I, and I will say this: any any way in any scenario, Diesel. And I'm all for player empowerment. All for the employee getting over on the employer, right? But in any situation where any power goes unchecked. There has to be a market correction. And I think James Harden might be that litmus point for us. Kyrie Irving might be that litmus point for us. Because when you got three years left on the contract and you're making that type of money, this isn't Kevin Garnett giving his entire body to the Minnesota Timberwolves and then 12 years into it saying, you know what, this isn't happening here, get me out. Or Charles Barkley, you know, leaving the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in 92 after giving them, you know, nine years. This ain't that. You know, Houston has basically given him everything that he's asked for. And for him to say now, you know what, because I came in the playoffs multiple seasons, now I want out and you have to accommodate me, that's a tough pill to swallow, even for someone who I'm not necessarily inclined to like in Tillman Fertitta. <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing. I think when you look at, like, at a situation like Detroit, and they're saying, all right, let's go drama-free. Let's let's fill up the roster with young guys, guys that want to be here, guys that, like you said, are out, out to prove something. You already have a, a couple of uh, legitimate veteran players, established guys, and Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose that can help push your culture, and you stay off of that highway, and you're kind of in your lane. Good things, good things will happen. When you talk about culture, and that's like this buzzword through sports, right? Culture. You know, Tigers talk about culture. The Lions talk about culture. Everybody's, you know, even football is talking about culture right now. I think it's so easy to say, but very hard to pinpoint. And I think in basketball, because there are so few guys, like in football, there's 50-some guys, especially in college football, there's, you know, 85 scholarship players. It's really hard to pinpoint. And basketball is a little bit easier. And in basketball, which means one or two guys can really set it in the most positive way. If you got the right veterans, if you got the veterans who are secure where they are in their career and they've they've made their money, they've had the you know the stardom and everything else, and now they're in a position to either aim at where they want to give back to the game itself, or they want to give back to the teammates that they have in this spot. Because all of these younger guys, all these older guys have their veterans, you know, had their veterans when they were younger. You know what I mean? And they were either treated really well or they weren't treated really well. And they and usually what happens is you take those lessons and you say, you know what, either I'll pull from it in a positive way or I'll say, you know what, this isn't how I would treat someone, you know, once I get that chance. So I think when you have Blake and you have Derek, you have all these young guys here. And it's a lot of young guys. It's a very young team. Even a guy you gave a lot of money to and, and, and Jeremy Grant is still still a relatively young yeah, player. very you know, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think if you're coming in and this is if Derry, isn't this the best time to do it? 
You're yeah. in a pan. You're in a pandemic. You have to establish a lot of discipline patterns and everything else. You really got to sort of cling to each other in in the midst of all of this. You got to trust each other. This is the best time. Unfortunately, the worst time. But this is the best time to hit the reset button and start a culture because if you get this right, it only gets easier from here. Final thing for Vinny Goodwill: uh, the Knicks are here, like I mentioned, Friday and Sunday. Uh, give me about a minute on New York, and certainly a legitimate head coach now with, with Tom Thibodeau. And you know, I love the, when they added Walt Perrin this offseason to the front office. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Knicks, and what should we look to see this weekend? Like you said, when you're bringing in a guy like Leon Rose, who has all these connections, and of course, you bring in World Wide West, who we all know from this uh, area, William Wesley, who lived in the Metro Detroit area for a number of years uh, and, and was so connected to the Pistons team. If you've seen certain videos, you've probably seen World Wide West in them. But I, I think getting a legitimate head coach in Tom Thibodeau, no matter what you may think about some of his, you know, some of his methods and his style and everything else, you do realize that his team is going to play defense. They're going to play with a level of discipline and order. So I, I'm not surprised that at least they're in a foundational point where they can start making moves. So I'm curious to see what this Knicks team looks like, not just this year, but over the next two or three years to see if they can get some real players there. Stay safe, my friend. Appreciate the time. Hey, appreciate you, Diesel. Vincent Goodwill, Yahoo Sports senior NBA writer, and of course covered the Pistons for years for the Detroit News, does a, a fantastic job. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Check out his stuff at yahoosports.com. It's exciting, folks. we got preseason basketball Friday and Sunday here in Detroit, Little Caesars Arena. Of course, no fans allowed yet for the Pistons and the New York Knicks. We'll talk all about it next week in our next installment of the Pistons Pod. We'll see you.